Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. We are going to talk today about nagging. Oh, how many times do you have a parent <laughs> like talk about? Or a partner I, or a kid. <laughs> I feel like I'm nagging all the time. I'm having to nag or my kid says I'm nagging and I, they want me to stop nagging. It's or like- my kid's nagging me, right? right? About I want, I want, I want, or my partner or like. Nagging is just one of those things that becomes part of our life that we would like to get rid of. We can help with that. (laughs) We can help with that. And it sounds like, like part of what we want to talk about is like, what do we mean by nagging? And honestly, I think that nagging is one of those things that's in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) Right. Right. It's a sort of like, I could say something to you twice and you'd be like, why are you nagging me, Diane? And, or like, I could, you know, that's the, the first piece is like, who gets to decide when it's nagging and when it's not nagging? I think the way I would simplify it is like, if you're saying the same thing more, more times than you feel like you should, or that you want to, or that the other person thinks that you should, or wants you to, or you're involved in a different, at a different level, right? It's just sort of, you're more involved than they want you to be, or you're more involved than you want to be. Right. Well, I mean, really think about it. Nagging is trying to get somebody else to do something. At the end of the day, bottom line, nagging is trying to get someone else to do something. And whether it's parents trying to get kids to do their homework or kids trying to get parents to buy them one more thing or take them to the place or let them have the whatever, or it's a partner trying to get their partner to help around the house. Well, All so if it's things, right? right. So if I say it once, or if I say it 700 times, that's not the point is not how many times you do it. It's that is it that it's unwanted or is it that it's maybe it's both maybe it's a combination maybe nagging is when you try to get somebody else to do something and then you ask again and again right, right. it is there is something repetitive about it it's not like it's not if i say if my kid says mom can i have that new you know xbox technology xbox and we say no and that's it it's when they say i really want that xbox can i have the xbox really want that's when it becomes nagging and there is kind of a repetitive request. So it's right? repetitive and it's trying to get something from someone else or trying to help. I'm going to use the word help yeah. gently, but it's like you're trying to get, change a behavior or make a request or something like that. Well, and it's because it's your agenda. You're nagging. The person who's doing the nagging, the reminding, the requesting is has something they want, yeah. right? Even if if it's they want someone else too. I mean, I might be nagging my husband to get the thing fixed around the house and it's his to do, but I'm the one that wants it done. Right. 
Right. Well, right. and it doesn't mean like we talked, there's a whole episode on agenda and whose agenda is it? And we, we, right. we'll point you there. We'll tag to that. Right. And it may be that it's a shared agenda, but you definitely have a stake in the game. So let's start with that. We have a, you have a stake in the game. You're interested in, in asking for something. And there's probably some sort of repetition built in, whether it's like immediate or over yes. several months or whatever it is. It so becomes nagging. Wrong? If I've heard from it once, if your kid's saying you're nagging me, if you, you've only asked once, then it's probably that they've got their own stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what's the problem? Let's talk about what is the problem with nagging? What, what, so what? I mean, we ask more than once, what's the problem? Well, I mean, I think the problem is that, you know, we're trying to make sure people get something done or we're trying to, we're trying to be helpful and it's not perceived as helpful. Okay. That's one thing. It feels like a control or an annoyance. Like when someone's Intrusive. nagging you, it's annoying. It's- yeah, right? it could, yeah, you're asking me over and over again, and I just, I don't want to hear it one more time, right? Right. That, so it's it impacts the other person is the first thing. The other piece, I think, honestly, is it impacts you because a lot of us feel like if we have to, if we're doing it over and over again, if we, resentment creeps in, frustration yep. creeps in, you know, all of those. Fear, disappointment, what yeah. if they can't, what, you know, why can't they, what if they can't ever, right? Catastrophizing. So nagging becomes a problem when there's an emotional reaction to it. Like either their emotional reaction or our emotional reaction is what. I when mean, a request has an emotional reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you want something from someone else or they want something from you and there's this kind of emotional overlay to it oh, feeling I can't believe you asked you're asking me that right <laughs> right okay yeah that's kind of interesting Ugh. I like hearing her say that you know you can hear you can be her kids you can feel what that what it felt like back in the day right like oh my god really you're asking me it again so- well and as we think about that it's like this sort of okay so how do you I guess that's enough of the backstory. So how do you do, what do you do instead? Or Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I don't want to, can we pause just a little bit before we get to solution? Sure. Okay. Cause I really want to break this down a little bit. Okay. So I love what you just said, which is that it's about trying to get something we want or somebody getting something they want. And there's this emotional layer over it, but I want right. to break that down a little bit. Because, um, because sometimes like as parents, we've, we've done another episode on this. I think we think we're helping and they're feeling controlled. Yeah. So the emotional feeling is a reaction to feeling controlled. So for us as parents, we might be disappointed or afraid or worried, but for our kids or, our, or the person we're asking of, they may be feeling controlled or, um, disempowered or not like they have a sense of, of agency in some way. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. And I think about the other side of it, which is the emotions that we, we talked about a minute ago that you might be feeling is like resentment, frustration, all those sorts of things. And it's the reminder that whenever you have an emotional trigger, whether it's yours or theirs, you know, you're trying to change a behavior. You're trying to get something accomplished it's hard to do that when there's emotions involved. You've got to figure out how to regulate enough so that we're not, because the minute somebody's emotions get triggered, you're not, you're not, you're not dealing with the you're issue not anymore. Engaging. You're not, yeah, you're, right. you're now all about, oh my gosh, my, my partner's feeling resentful or, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a nag, whatever, you know, it's like, I'm thinking about feeling like a nag and not about, oh, am I going to get my kids out of the door in the morning? 
Well, and as, you know, as parents, so let's move into the parent role here for a second. We often step into this role of executive function support for our kids, right? right? We're the ones trying to make sure the stuff gets done. Uh, you know, the trains are running on time, however you want to look at it. And sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to not, <laughs> right? right? But there is this role we play in terms of being the executive function for other people. When there's when there's executive function issues in a family, we're always dancing with who's kind of taking the lead on executive function and who's getting support. And as parents, we often feel like it's our job. We're supposed to get them to school on time. We're supposed to get them to whatever. And like, we had a situation come up in our community with in the United Kingdom where where somebody's actually getting uh, in trouble with the government for not getting their kids to school, you know, right. enough. So we have this sense that we're supposed to. So we're just doing our job here. Yeah. But our job relies on someone else doing, quote, their job. Right. Right. And that's that's another place that this nagging becomes a challenge because there are these layers of agenda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it makes it hard because again, it's this sort of dynamic of if we're more interested in getting something done than they are. I mean, there, there's all these different pieces of it. And, and so go and listen yeah. to the thing about agenda, L- listen to the podcast about buy-in. I mean, all of those sorts of things are an important component here. So yes. And the reality <laughs> is let's not make trying to be an executive function wrong. No, I don't mean to. It would be really legitimate, right? And one of the things we teach is that we don't want to do it without permission, right? It's a sort of, if I'm just jumping in and saying, okay, nobody else in my family has executive function. I've been there. I've done that. Nobody else has an executive function right now. I'm going to take over and I'm going to make everything happen. And I just do that. Then it might be welcomed and everybody's like, oh, thank God mom's jumping in and taking care of things. Or it might be, oh, here we go again. Mom's getting involved and Uh, she never stops. Right. Exactly. All right. So I think we've set the stage really well. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about some solutions. Cool. Awesome. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Elaine and Diane here, and we are talking about nagging. And we have set the stage. If you've listened to the first half of this, you understand what it is, why it happens, why it's complicating, complicated why problems, right? Why it causes problems. And now let's talk about how to shift it. Okay. Well, and I think the thing we were just talking about before the break was this sort of, if you're doing it consciously and in a, in a context of an agreement with permission, collaboratively, collaboratively, right. right, Then it absolutely changes the dynamic, the story. Can I tell my story? Yeah. Well, so, so the framework you're saying is nagging versus reminding with permission. Right. Right. Okay. Reminding Mm -hmm. with permission. So the story is like, flashback to our house when my kids were little and we're trying to get out of the door to school on time. And right. I feel like I'm constantly going, come on, we're going to be late. Come on, we're going to be late. Come on, we're going to be late. Come on, we're going <laughs> to be late. probably were. I probably was, right? And it's like, I felt resentful because it's like, I feel like a broken record. I feel like nobody's listening to me. I feel like, I mean, all of those sorts of things. And at some point my kids are like, 
they shut me out, right? Because it's yeah. like, I don't want to hear you anymore because you've been saying the same thing for every day, all week long or all month long or however long it was going on. And so we sat down and said, okay, wait, how do we get out of the door on time? What, and not do it in a way where I feel like I'm constantly going, hey, what's going on? Because you're, it's bugging you, it's bugging me. Let's figure this out. And we figured out that we need, we needed a reminder system in the process and it could or could not be me. And so I think that that's the piece of it is like, we could have set an alarm that went off every five minutes to let us know what time it was. And, you know, we could have Siri go, it's 7.05, it's 7.10, it's what, you know, those sorts of things. Siri wasn't around back then. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyway, and... This, the system, the family system needed something the reminder. to know what was going on and where we were and how many minutes do we have left and what's going on. So keeping time was an important part of the process. So it became my job because we agreed to it. Okay, so mom, yeah, it doesn't bug us if you're just letting us know what time it is and there's not that judgy to- tone in your voice, like you're freaking out that we're not going to be at school on time. It's just it's 7.05. It's 7.10. Hello, and everybody. just to let you know, it's 7.20 and we have right. five more minutes. So part of it made is agreement. And part of it might be the energy behind it. Because we were talking totally the before energy. the break about all the emotions that get caught in when you're feeling like you're nagging versus if you're feeling like it's your job. And for a while, honestly, when I was trying to change that behavior, I had to like pretend I was an alarm clock and just kind of be like a computer and not be mom, but just to be the reminder system. And well, it's, you know, we talk in our communication class about there's what we say and then there's how we say it. Right. And then there's what they hear and how they experience it. Right. So there are kind of four parts to communication. And so part of what you're saying is we've got to take the tone out of it, the judgment out of it, the fear, the catastrophizing, the disappointment, the resentment out of it so that we can just be kind of matter of fact about it. If you have permission, if you have permission to be the reminder. (laughs) So, so, and it's really interesting because the story that comes up for me is another variation of the reminder system in the morning, getting out of the door. So we didn't know we were going to talk about that, but I guess that's when a lot of nagging happens, right? right? In our family, we also had a family meeting and we sat down and said, okay, this morning sucked. How do we make this better? And what we realized was our family needed a reminder system, just like yours did. But instead of doing it from a time base that way, we did it with a, it's 6.52 and my husband would come out and do the weather report every day. Hmm. And so when he did the weather report and said, here's how cold it is going to be today or whatever it was, so that they would know how to get dressed, we timed it to when they were getting dressed. They also knew what time it was because that's when the weather report came out. So it wasn't just it's 652, but it's it's really cold out there y'all, you might want a sweater, you know, or whatever it was. Yeah. But that was designed with the family, collaboratively created and so that we had, you know, he would give the weather at one time and then I did something else at another time. So the time stamps were there for them, but there was they were triggered and associated with something else that they also needed. Does that make sense? It does. So I want to go a little bit of a different direction because I think these are two great examples of yeah. time man- nagging in the context of time management. The yeah. other time I hear a lot about nagging is my kids said they would do something and then they didn't, they haven't. Yeah. Done it. So I feel yes. like I have to tell them again and again and again. And so to me, the first step in that is before you 
nagging is a tool, right? It's a strategy. So not a very fun one, but it's it's a strategy. But it's a strategy, right? And so whenever we teach challenges and talking about challenges and talking about change, we want to go back to the problem before we throw in the solution, right? So the problem is my kids said that they were going to turn in their homework and they didn't. So I go to nagging as the solution instead of going, well, I wonder what's going on that's making it hard for my kid to turn in their homework. Is mm-hmm. it that they forgot, which means that they might need a reminder, or is there something else going on that is making it hard for them to do it? Is there some embarrassment? Is there some, I remember my kiddo saying he hated turning his assignments in late because he felt like he was the only one that was late and that people were mm-hmm. judging him and blah, 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 right? It's this sort of, you've got to understand what's really going on underneath it, or if they don't have the executive function, right? It's a sort of, okay, so I'm not doing it because I forgot, or I'm not doing it because I'm resisting, or I'm not doing it. You know, I have to look at what's really going on and figure out what a solution might be in the context of what's going on and in partnership with your kiddo, rather than saying, well, they didn't do it. So I have to remind them. Right. Well, and so that's the piece is the, I have to, right? When I feel like I have to, that's my agenda of, I got to make sure this gets done. I have well, an that's attachment. Your emotion. That, that's right? your emotions kicking in. I have to. Right. And so when we shift into agreement, and I'll, I'll make sure we have a link to the design uh, podcast we did about relationships oh, and, and, agreements too. and agreements, got them both down here. When we shift into an agreement, we can talk about how do you want me to handle it? When, how do you want us to do that? So whether it's, I want to, you know, report uh, a, a weather report or, you know, I, I used to have this agreement with my son about the night the trash needed to go out. Um, and so for me, I used humor because yeah. that was his favorite tool. And if I could be playful about it's so cute, you think you'll remember to take the trash out on Monday night. What other structure might we put in place? How can we set it up so that he was the one setting alarms for himself or whatever it was that we designed? There was a lightness to it because there was an agreement that it needed to get done. We needed to work together to figure out how to help make it get done instead of the nagging, nagging, nagging. And the thing that's coming up for me as you're saying that, Elaine, is that so often we go into nagging mode because we're anxious and afraid. Yeah. Sort of let's, let's face it. Like when I get off balance, whether I'm overwhelmed or frustrated or scared or whatever, my coping mechanism is control. So I'm going to be like, okay, wait, we got to do this. I got to help. We're going to make it happen. Right. It's a sort of, that's what happens when I get overwhelmed or scared. Yeah. yeah. And so if part of this is knowing, am I Am I jumping in because I'm scared? Am I jumping in because I'm frustrated? What's my emotion that's going on? If you're jumping in, there's some emotion underneath that, even if you're not aware of it. So And and it may not be that it's wrong that something needs to get done, but it's the how are we going to get it done that may need to change. That's really what we're talking about here. And the reminder that operating from fear, again, it's mm-hmm. a sort of, we're not effectively problem solving if we're operating from a place of fear. Yeah. So the the concept, the coaching tool that just came up for me in that, as you were talking about that was transparency mm. and how often I've, I've used with, I've, I've guided parents to have a conversation with their kids. So when we do our coaching groups for parents of teens and older and young adults, we often take aim on the conversation they want to have, mm-hmm. right? And very often the conversation will go something like, you know, 
I don't really want to be nagging you on this. And I get the feeling you don't really want to be nagged. Is that true? Would we like to change this? Yeah. And we, we can get there. Then once we have the agreement, yeah, we'd both like this to change. It serves both of us. It's in both of our best interest not to do this. Then we can collaboratively come up with a new way to, to communicate. Well, the other place that that transparency tool comes in is being honest with our kids about the fact that it is agitating or, or fear producing or whatever else. I'm thinking back to a mom and going back to mornings, being late, right? It's a sort of the mom was coming into work like five minutes late, being late for meetings. And it was really impacting her ability to be effective in her job because yeah. she was like running in the door trying to get into a meeting. And she was constantly like up against the wire with the time. And she was feeling more pressure around the time than her kiddo was because her kiddo's yeah. like, well, we have to be at school at 7.30. What's your problem, mom? It's 7.20. Yeah. And so and it wasn't it until she said- one accident on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it wasn't until she said, hey, you know what? I get that your time is 7.30, but in my mind, the time's really 7.20 because I need to give myself enough of a buffer. Can we agree that the time we really need to be at school is 7.20? Oh, mom, I don't want to be at school early, right? So then you're finding out now you're navigating a whole different conversation. Yes, exactly. They want to yeah. be at school later. You want to be to school earlier. That you can work together and partner to solve that problem in a very different way than I'm nagging because I'm trying to accomplish a goal that they don't even care about or they disagree with. Well, and so part of what happens when we start learning this process of taking aim and problem solving all this is that we end up saying, okay, we thought we were taking aim on this problem, but in fact, the problem we're really trying to solve is I want to help my kid be more comfortable getting to school a few minutes early. Right. And so now you're taking aim on a totally different challenge. And when you problem solve about that, it has this, this really beautiful impact as we unfold to other challenges. So we got to make sure when we're problem solving that we're actually solving the right problem. Right. <laughs> so how do we bottom line this, right? So one was a lot of the distinction stuff. between like what is nagging? And we talked about the fact that it's when it's unwanted by the other person, when it's emotion producing, those sorts right. of things. When and, then, a, and then we talked about the, you know, the problems with it. It really, the pro biggest problem is it damages relationships. Yeah. Wait, I don't think we said it explicitly. It, but it's, it's difficult. It's, it can be really harmful. For well, and let's say this really cleanly because we, we've been alluding to this. This isn't just about parent and child stuff. <laughs> a lot of, both of us live with neurodivergent spouses, Partners, right? And it's yeah. a sort of, if you jump into their stuff without permission, it, it will often be seen as nagging. And so it's regardless of who you're doing it to, regardless of the heart Who's behind doing it, to it you. right? <laughs> regardless of the heart behind it, you may have amazing, amazing intentions. And if they're not in the space to hear it or don't, or want not wanting to receive it, it still could be considered nagging. Yeah. And so really we want to shift from nagging to if when to agreed upon reminders with permission yes. or solving the problem that really needs to be solved and not whatever we think we're nagging about. Those are kind of the two places. And the only other thing I would say to bottom line it is to hold it lightly, like be playful with it. This is a human dynamic. We all do this from time to time. Call yourself out on it you know, use that transparency tool to be able to say, okay, I'm ready to stop being an agger. It's going to take a little work. Anybody want to help? Because believe me, they want to help. 
<laughs> no, they do. And I just like to punctuate, it's like a whole other story just kicked in. But one of the things I realized in the whole process of the whole thing, getting to school on time, is I realized just how much of an ingrained fear it was. Uh, and I yeah. was like, I was th- freaking out about being late for school. And the voice in my head was my dad's. Uh, and I was like, we're going to get in trouble if we're late to school. And I was like, wait, who's going to get us in trouble? trouble like so it's again it's a sort of knowing what's going on for you underneath it if you're the nagger or you're the naggy really paying attention what's going on for you emotionally underneath it is such a great lens into how do I navigate this and and figure out a solution without having the emotional charge underneath it yeah beautiful all right everybody great conversation I love that one always um, thanks for your doing for yourself and for your kids. What are you taking away from this conversation about the truth about nagging that you want to bring forward into your life this week? Take a minute, capture for yourself, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.